0: dealers um you know quick sidebar for the draft class in 1969 i worked with an individual that was in that draft class um a mr bob campbell or he is in what he was at penn state was bobby campbell he was a running back for penn state he was on joe paterno's very first team as a head coach and uh he was drafted by the Steelers as a punt returner. I've, I trust me, the first time I met this guy, I did not believe him. I looked up his stats. There it was. Um, and, and he played all the whole 69 season with the Steelers, they were awful. Um, and then in 70, that's when they drafted Bradshaw, and he talked not so glowingly about Terry Bradshaw's skill set in terms of throwing a football. He said <laughs> he could throw it one speed, 100 miles an hour. He right, had no right. touch. He said they would do these little drills where they do little out routes and stuff, you know, like a running back release. Right, right, right. He said he would throw the ball so hard. And all the running backs were like, man, what are you doing? Like, you don't have to throw the ball that hard. He was and breaking he,
1: fingers. He was breaking yes, fingers. He
0: was. And uh long story short, he ended up tearing up his knee. The NFL and surgeries now isn't, you know, what it yes, was then. Yeah, yeah, and so then he goes into coaching, and I ended up working with him. For a, a few oh, that's years, get some great stories to tell. I'll tell you that for sure.
1: Yeah, that's that's awesome. Are you guys <laughs> dealing touch by chance? Or
0: uh he since he retired, not too much. I get an email every now and then from him, but uh, he's he's living the life now. He's living we, life. We,
1: we, we need to have him on the show. Make that happen.
0: I would love to have him on the show. He would want to talk about nothing but Penn State, though. He doesn't really follow anything Steelers. He just oh, loves Penn well, State. He's well. he was a pallbearer at Joe Paterno's funeral. So he wow. he was very tight with the Paterno family and oh. Joe Pa and stuff like that. He's yeah. Well, so man. yeah, that's Mister Bob Campbell. or Like I said, they called it. He was he was the MVP of the Orange Bowl one year. And Bobby Campbell,
1: yeah, you can watch. I'm sure. Highlight. I'm sure. I'm sure my dad knows the name. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Because my dad was going to all those games then. Um, were they in Three Rivers at that point, or were they still in Pitt Stadium? Who's that? Penn State. No, no, the Steelers. I think the Steelers were in Three Rivers in '69, I think, but they might have been in Pitt Stadium. My dad.
0: They might have. If, if they were in Pitt Stadium, it was only one year, probably. Okay. So, okay. but okay, okay. law. I didn't want to get off on that tangent, but uh, you brought up the '69 draft class, and that gets brought up because I, I know the guy. But anyways. Let's talk about some breaking news. Dave Schofield last night on the Steelers Stat Geek, which you haven't checked out that show. I recommend you do that both on YouTube and on our audio platforms. He got to actually break the news. Like it had happened just before he went on the air. and that was Those were the rumors that the Pittsburgh Steelers had traded with the Seattle Seahawks to get tight end Nick Vanette. And at the time, no one knew what they gave up. Lo and behold, it was a little bit after Dave went on the air. It was reported there was a fifth round draft pick. And so then the speculation started. When I wrote the article for, for behind the steel curtain my speculation was Vance McDonald's hurt. He was seen in a sling on Monday. That's not good. That they probably are thinking we need to get an extra tight end because Vance might be out for the long term. Then as I wake up this morning. Uh, Lance sends me a text, which is a screenshot of Jerry Dulac of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette stating that's not the case. The Vance's shoulder is not that bad. They just wanted to add depth to the position. Now let's fast forward to a few hours ago. And Steelers- let, me,
1: let me, let me, let me read the exact quote. Sure, go for it. Go for Steelers it. did not make the trade for Vanette because they think Vance McDonald's injury is bad. It's not, they are trying to bolster the position and get a number two after what they've witnessed through three games.
0: Okay. So, and then the the move that they made, which had to be done by four o'clock, which was putting Xavier Grimble on injured reserve due to a calf injury. It made sense. So Lance, when you hear this news, when you see the transaction, when you see what they gave up for Vanette, your thoughts were.
1: It's just a fifth round pick. I mean, that's my thoughts. I mean,
0: don't say that to the, the to the horde, the masses out there that yes, are, yes, they have their yes. torches and pitchforks, they're ready to go yes, because yes. they gave rid of a fifth round pick.
1: Yes. I okay, so let's just say on Twitter today, Bouchette and Kabali, oh. uh Ed Bouchette, Hall of Fame writer, what formerly the post What a, what a horrible
0: tandem. What a horrible tandem. Oh
1: wow. Uh just pow pow shots fired. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff shoots shots. Wow! Wow! That'll be the news story. Um, so, Kabali and Bouchette, you know, they're ripping. I mean, they're and we'll talk about this in the show. Uh, they're very traditional in their viewpoint of trading assets, like most dealer fans are probably. Um, and, and they were just talking about they were listing off very good fifth round draft picks, but you know, sometimes writers aren't the most analytical. I just threw a bunch of writers under, uh, under, under, under. You just the, threw
0: every writer
1: under. Them. Yes, yes. Um, and I say that to say, for every really good fifth round draft pick that they listed, I'm guaranteeing you, I could list another twenty five to fifty that were bums. At so least. When you- at, when, least. at least, so when you try to make the statistical argument that giving up a fifth rounder is a is a, is this monumentous thing, I want both of those guys. I challenge them to go through last year's draft class and list every fifth round draft pick that was probably a bust and or got cut or a player that has not played. 25% of their snaps. And I bet at least 75% of the fifth rounders probably weren't active more than five games. I mean, it's a fifth round draft pick. If you can hit on one, it's great. But the odds are you aren't. So if you can get a ball player for a fifth that actually has snaps and is actually played, actually have tape on that you scouted and you can see what their apps what their what their skill set is. That's a better risk than a fifth round draft pick of which you are guessing on. So it, I don't I don't really yeah. have a problem with it.
0: It's the same people that say, oh, my gosh, you got rid of a sixth round pick. Well, you know, Tom Brady was drafted in the sixth round. You know that Mr. Third and Fifth was drafted in the sixth round. Those are two guys. Two players out of the millions of six-round draft picks that are unemployed and flamed out. You can't do that. I I, I saw that same list that you saw on Twitter, and I thought the same exact thing. For every George Kittle, there's a Zach Gentry
1: who's just waiting to be cut. So it's just... Did you see see my response?
0: I didn't Uh, see your response, no.
1: Yeah, my response was pretty much that. Like, look, okay, you listed the guys that hit... Why don't you list all the guys that did not trust me? It'll be a lot longer than 140 Twitter characters.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing you didn't get a response back. No, of course not because you no. brought you brought logic into it, Lance. How dare you bring logic into I, it I mean, and take emotion out of it. It's like when the Steelers drafted traded for Minka Fitzpatrick, and I'm going to talk about what I didn't like about the venet trade, but could still work out. They kind of did a Patriots thing. The Steelers did. I'll explain that in a second. You know, Bouchette and a couple other writers said, why are they doing this? This is stupid. Well, we talked about that last week. It's, it's not stupid. Um, you know, it's one of those situations where the Steelers have control over his contract for the next three seasons. It's smart. He's on the cheap right now. And is a proven commodity. Now, here's what I didn't like so much about the Venet trade is that he's in his last year of his rookie contract. So cheap. As, now that's cheap, an issue.
1: Now cheap that as, is an issue.
0: cheap as dirt this year. After playing three games with Seattle, I want to say that the Steelers are only on the hook for like $600,000 in his contract this year. But then he becomes an unrestricted free agent. But because he'll accrue enough games with Pittsburgh, if I read this correctly, He, if he leaves via free agency, if the Steelers decide not to re-sign him, the Steelers could get a compensatory pick for him.
1: Jeff, don't you think they thought about that?
0: Oh, well, I'm sure they did.
1: No, I'm sure they didn't, according to, you know, everybody on Twitter. Like, here's the thing. These guys are smart. Regardless of whether you like the results, if you like Colbert, if you like Tomlin, if you like Khan in the front office, if you like the Roonies, one thing about it is that we have to assume They're smart, they've been highly successful, and they've been doing this a lot longer than most of us have been watching. So, trust what they're going to do. Will it always work out? No. That's why it's called professional sports. It's not called professional guarantees. It's called professional sports. you got a scoreboard. Transactions might not work out. Guys may not play up to the snuff or ability. It's just part of it. It works sometimes. It works sometimes. It doesn't.
0: Yeah, and so I mean, I think that the compensatory pick thing has been a big has been a big motivating factor for a lot of teams since you've been able to then trade those picks. You gotta remember it's only been, I think, three or four seasons where comp picks were considered to be assets that you could trade. Prior to that, it was if you had a compensatory pick, it was that pick and that was your pick, and no one else could touch that pick. But since they said you could now trade those picks, well, now people are like, Well, shoot. We're going to let guys walk because a Nick Vanette might be a dime a dozen. And so, if he's a dime a dozen, we can let him walk, let him sign with somebody else, like Jesse James going to Detroit, let him play a lot of snaps there. We'll get a compensatory pick. Let's say it's a fifth or a sixth. We could turn that into a trade deal to move up. It gives them more feathers in their cap, it gives them more of an arsenal. And so, I think that it's smart, and, you know, everyone talks about how the the Ravens and the Patriots are two of the best teams when it comes to accruing compensatory draft picks, and I think the Steelers are probably thinking if he pans out, we give him a deal, maybe keep him around. If not, maybe we'll get something back for him.
1: Let me quote the uh, tweet from, correct me if I'm pronouncing his name wrong, Chris Adamski. 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 Very good, Lance. Very good. I'm (laughs) popping my collar. Got it. Chris Adamski of the Pittsburgh Tribune, he went through and, and and kind of put it in a tweet what the Steelers' draft 2020 draft is by round next year. So as it stands as of today, no first-round pick It was traded to Miami in the Minka trade. They still have a second-rounder. They have no third-rounder traded to Denver for Devin Bush. They have their own fourth-plus-Miami's pick in the Minka deal, so they won't be drafting until... Uh, they'll draft uh second day. Second day now in the NFL is second, third, and fourth, correct?
0: The Friday is the second, second, and, the third. The second and, and third And then okay. you, have, you have fourth, fifth, sixth, and
1: seventh on, oh, Saturday. on Saturday. Okay, fifth round, none, because they traded two separate picks. Sixth through seventh, they still have both. And he wrote asterisk, likely get compensatory pick after the third round. So, hey, I mean, if you were having a draft party in 2020, you better cancel it.
0: Or just enjoy not having to worry about the Steelers pick. <laughs> you get to watch exactly. everyone else.
1: <laughs> exactly. So, or, or, or here's the setup too, Jeff. Man, they don't. Uh, fans won't have a pick to complain about, so that's a good thing.
0: Exactly. Yeah. They, they'll. Well, they'll still complain. Trust me, they'll still complain. Now George gives us ten dollars, puts it in the tip jar. And he says, and this is a great segue, in my opinion, into what the headline and the subject matter of the show is. And he says, we're giving away draft picks like Halloween candy. I know we're trying to win now, and I hope it works out. How many picks do we have now? And Lance just read that off. And if, if you didn't get all those, go to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Dave Schofield did a really good article explaining where they got these picks from, what picks they have, and all that. But when he says they're giving away the picks like candy, or th- This is not typical Steelers fashion in terms of what they do with their draft stock and what they do in season. They rarely they make these moves, but for some reason in the last three or four years, they've made a lot of these moves leading up to the season and some during the season. So Lance, let's talk about the Steelers way. Let's start by the your definition of the Steelers way, and then we'll see if, We'll answer the question that is in the t- the title of this episode, is the Steelers way dead?
1: It's building through the draft. I mean, that's what they do. They're typically conservative. They always draft first-round picks, and they build through the draft. That's typically the Steeler way, and they sign their own free agents. If they're going to sign a free agent, that's a street free agent. It's not a big-name free agent. It's typically a role-player, glue-guy free agent. But they typically build through the draft by – you know, trusting their board, drafting guys, and re-signing those guys that perform that they drafted. That's typically the Steeler way. Not talking about the Steeler way in terms of style of play, which we'll talk about a little bit more in the show. Um, but that's the Steeler way, build through the draft. And as we look at some of these transactions, we're talking about the Minka trade. We're talking about Josh Dobb to the Jaguars. Gerald Hawkins in a seventh-round pick to the Bucks. I'm just going through some of these. A six-round pick in 2019 by sending Marcus Gilbert to the Cardinals. A third and fifth for Mr. Third and Fifth. Uh, Getting Ryan Switzer in a trade with the Raiders along with a 2019 six-round pick. Um, There's more. Uh, J.J. Wilcox trade. Trading Martavis Bryant. Trading Ross Cockrell. uh, Trading Sammy Coates. Acquiring Vance McDonald. Here's the point. Here's my point with all of that. Should you have a way if that way doesn't result in winning championships? Is it relevant to still have a way if that way doesn't get you any closer to beating that team up north? We talk about it all the time on this show, Jeff. What is insanity? Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. You've talked about it. We've talked about it at nauseum. The first round draft picks haven't been like they used to be, where they were slam dunk, hit every year, Pro Bowl caliber dudes that changed the team. It's not that way anymore. Maybe they need to alter how they do this. So, it, so I think the Steeler way, that tried and true way that I described of building through the draft, and I don't think it's completely dead but I think it's definitely sucking wind.
0: Well, let, let me simplify it even more. Do you have to have a way? Like th- that's my question. In today's day and age, with free agency, with the salary cap the way it is, with contracts the way that they're trending, do you really have to have a way? You don't have it, a way. Does it you, have you don't. to? I agree, you don't. Like, it does. I don't, and everyone, everyone always points, so like you said it, the team up north. The team up north doesn't do things the way that you just described as the Steelers' way. They don't draft particularly well, but they will go out and get free agents that they think are going to fit the system. They're going to be what they want. And they, that's when they get the most out of them.
1: Hey Jeff, they just signed Mr. Third and fifth after all of the shenanigans with the Raiders and had the nerve to be surprised that he acted a fool when he was a (laughs) Patriot. Like they, they, they like, Oh my goodness. You mean he had baggage coming in? Of course of course their way is do whatever to win yeah that's that's the way so we know that
0: the steelers typically have a way we both agree that there really is no need to have a particular way the way can change if the way is changing and you said it's on its last gas breath do you see it
1: changing for the good better or for the worse well, you got to measure it by wins. You got to measure it by in Pittsburgh by championships. So, well, if they don't yeah, but you, you know, know what I'm
0: talking about. So, like you see them trade a first-round pick away for Minka Fitzpatrick, is that the way you want this team to be run? Do you feel like they're pushing all their chips into the middle or do you think that this these moves that they're making are more of a we're looking down the
1: road a little bit. This is where I get I get I get a little torn here. I'm getting old. I'm getting older. Look, I want the chips to be pushed all the way into the middle of the table. You know, I, you know, push, push the chips into the middle of the table. Uh, You you know, put your foot on the gas and let's go 150 miles an hour. I mean, you know, part of my pride every day, sometimes, you know, being in sports bars and going to work is just being able to say, look, man, we still got the most. I mean, like, like that's, that's a chip. That's a badge of honor. You know, I, yeah, we still got the most. I mean, like you could say anything. I can always come back. Now I got to come back with we're tied with a team that has the most. I mean, I don't like that. So I'm like, push your chips all in, because because that team up north is going to push their chips all in. This is the thing that the Steelers have to to fix. The way is the way. There's no way. Do whatever you need to do to acquire the best players. Here's the thing that they got to do better, and I'm sure everybody on the live chat will agree. I know I've been called a hater like four or five times on a live chat. That's cool. Like, first 20 minutes, that's 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 almost like light. Here's the thing. Here, here's the thing, right? Just win, man. Like, that, that that's all I'm concerned with at this point. And the thing that they aren't doing, the way is the way is the way is whatever. The thing that they need to do better is coach the guys better. That's the part of it that needs to improve. The way is the way. It, however you acquire talent, you acquire it. There's still a coaching part of this, and that has to improve. So uh, unless you win games... It doesn't validate your way. You got to win games. It all comes down to wins and losses. I had a friend of the program say that to me years ago when evaluating drafts, evaluating moves and transactions, the scoreboard is the evaluator. Are you winning? Are you winning games? That's how you evaluate if your philosophy or way or no way works.
0: Yeah, no, I I can't argue with anything that you said. I mean, The coaching clearly is not up to snuff. We'll put it that way. Um, But they're also also not getting top-notch performances from their top-notch players either. Um, There are some that have shown up, but I said it on our post-game show. I put an APB out for Cam Hayward, if anyone's seen him, when he doesn't get kicked in the stomach and is laying on the field on his belly. I mean, (laughs) that's the only time we've seen Cam Hayward make a play this year. Is when he was hurt laying flat on his face and everyone's wondering if he's going to be out for a while. I, I just think it's one of those situations where they need players to make plays. And and sadly, I don't you have teams and the team up north is not the only team that has tremendous coaching. There are other teams that scheme well and coach well. The 49ers offense is is a very well coached group with Shanahan at the helm. Um, and there's other teams that are or duplicates of that and look at Andy Reid and the Kansas city chiefs and how well they scheme offensively. So there are other, I don't want people to think like we're putting those teams and that quarterback and that a hole coach up on a pedestal. We're not, uh, we're just comparing them to other teams in the NFL that coach better. And so I, I guess I just look at it and just say, but the players is also have to step up and make a play. You know, sometimes you have to make a play. You got to beat your man one on one. And sometimes it's, it was refreshing to hear Minka Fitzpatrick say this before he played on Sunday and they asked, you know, what's it going to be like? Are you going to be ready to go? And he goes, look, when it comes down to it, football, football's football, he said, you know, the system I ran in Miami, what they call green might be red here, but as long as I know what system we're in, if I know we're running a, a cover two, I know my job and I know where the football is and I'm going to go get the football whether it's in the air, whether it's in somebody's possession, I'm going to get the football. It, it's, it can be boiled down to that simple for a lot of players. I think Mika Fitzpatrick is extremely intelligent. I think he has a high football high, IQ, uh, but at the same time, not everyone matches that IQ. <laughs> We've seen that plenty of times. <laughs> I think of Shamarco Thomas as one who just seemed to never get it. Uh, but still. Um, That's a name from the past,
1: Shamarco. Yeah, how about nice. that? I number nice. 29.
0: They traded up for him too. That was a, so all those trades of this <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: Ah. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that
0: worked out. It was great. Um but so for me like it, I agree success is only by winning and they have to find a way to win. And maybe this is a good segue into the approach for this upcoming week. And we don't want to get dive too much into the Xs and Os. But, Lance, you said you had some numbers to go over, correct, of stuff that needs to change.
1: Yes. Yes, I do. So, so I, I, you know, Jeff and Dave know that I do, you know, my own little Google Play, little Google Play or Google Sheet Stat Sheet where I track different metrics. Now, I decided to create, like, a different spreadsheet and go through some differences. So some of the things that I put on there, and I'll ask you, Jeff, which one do you want to talk about first? Uh, points, uh, third down differential, red zone percentage, third
0: difference. down differential.
1: Okay, so currently the Steelers, and this I don't have the NFL rankings here, so it's bad.
0: That's all you need to know. It's bad. Yes,
1: the, <laughs> the, the Steelers are converting twenty five point <laughs> seven percent of their third downs. That opponents, opponents are converting. 47.3% for a difference that's a difference of 21% on average. That's not sustainable if you want to win games. I have I have an idea as to why, but that's not sustainable. So when we're talking about what things need to change for this team to be successful and to win games, you can't win games when you convert only twenty five point seven percent of your third downs, but your defense is giving up forty seven point three conversion rate to your opponents, oh, that's awful. That that is that, <laughs> that is that is, so that is bad. really that's really <laughs> bad. And there are some numbers. And let me give you another number: how that translates. Snap counts. The Steelers have run one hundred and sixty three snaps offensive snaps, opponents have run 212 snaps for a difference of 49 plays. Now, where that really is illuminating is the Steelers only average 54 snaps per game. So when you look at that difference, that's almost a game's difference in snaps, so, the Steeler defense has almost played three and a half games worth of snaps.
0: The, we talked about this in the post game about how the two teams the two sides of the team, offense and defense, aren't playing in concert with one another. And right now, it is the worst potential combination you could have an offense that can't sustain drives and a defense that can't stop drives. And so what you have is, the offense isn't giving the defense a rest, and the defense can't get off the field to give themselves a rest. And so they're getting gassed. And you said it yourself. Look at the last two two weeks, particularly, the first quarter, even the first half, the defense is hunting. I mean, that's what yes, Stephon yes. Two it is just eating guys alive. And in the second half, they are just grinding down to a stump.
1: Let me give you another number that's really illuminating. First downs. The Steelers have 43 first downs on the year. Their opponents have 75. It's a difference of 32 first downs. Like all this stuff is related, right? When teams have that many first downs, that means the conversion, as we saw, the conversion rates are drastically different. And you know what that all boils down to, Jeff? The difference in offensive yards over the first three games. is 539 yards the steelers have 829 yards of offense to teams 1368 yards like these aren't sustainable you can't win football games when you have statistics that are that tilted it's impossible so you know, that's why I wanted to bring up these numbers and we talked before we talked about before we did the show. Offensively, what needs to be fixed to make to, some of these numbers more equitable?
0: Well, the third down, which is why I stopped you when you were going through what do you want to talk about? And I stopped you when you got to third down and said third downs. If the Steelers can just convert, and this is something Mike Tomlin said a lot today during his, his press conference, which is, a day later, because of the Monday night game, he said, "We just need to convert, and it's the truth. If the Steelers just convert on, shoot, fifty percent, they're at twenty-five percent. If they were just to be at fifty percent, just think about how that would ultimately impact the defense's percentage, because the defense wouldn't be on the field as much; they wouldn't have as many snaps as the offense does. And you're on with, the
1: right, you're on the right path, right?" But boil boil that, reduce that down even more. How? What do you think they need to do better as an offense to convert more third downs?
0: uh probably positive yardage on first down. How? Running the football or throwing yeah. the football? <laughs>
1: Running the football. Yeah, but they can't. They can't do. They're awful right now. You know, because on the defensive side, they've got to stop the run. Like in the last two games. Running backs, because I split my numbers out between running backs and non-backs. In the last two games, running backs are averaging 4.8 yards per carry. If you're giving up that much, your run defense is giving that much up. In the Seattle game, 27 carries, 129 yards, 4.8. 49ers, 34 carries, 165 yards, 4.9. If you're giving up that much on the ground, guess what happens? An offense stays on schedule. If an offense stays on schedule, they're in third and manageables, third and shorts. And guess what they do? Convert at a 48% clip. I mean, in this new NFL, what does that say about your run defense when teams are running it on you? Let me get the average here an average of 30 times a game. This is the NFL. Teams are going to do what they think is successful. And if a team runs the ball on you 30 times in this past happy NFL, that means the NFL thinks you cannot stop the run. So for me on a defensive side of football, they've got to stop the run. They've got to put teams in second and longs. They've got to stone the run especially on first down. In the San Francisco game, I think one of the biggest things while they lost that game, they were getting gouged on first down in the running game. I mean, those running backs were getting six, five. I mean, there were numerous times where they got first downs, where they running the ball first and second down and getting the first down. That should never happen. That, that should never happen. And so for me, to turn a lot of this around, it has to start on Monday night with Stone and Joe Mixon. I mean, they have to do that to have a chance to win this
0: game. For me, I just think that the Steelers are offensively, they're so confused right now. And you hit the nail on the head where they can't. And Dave Schofield uh, in our Bonehead segment, which ran this afternoon, if you haven't checked that out, go and check that out on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. He was the one that said how disappointed he was. The Steelers were trying to do the same offense that Ben Roethlisberger runs with Mason Rudolph because they're not the same style of quarterback, and they only had nine percent of their plays under center, so it was still all shotgun. And I, I think that you, Lance, you know, you talked about staying on schedule and third and manageable. I said it in our post game show. I've never seen a team make third and five so painful to watch, so painful. And I think back to Todd Haley's first few years in Pittsburgh, and guess what? The Steelers were really good at. Converting on third downs, and I know they had different talent in different areas. But at the same time, um you have to ask yourself: you know, the offensive coordinator is going to have to get a little creative. He's going to have to try to figure out, and maybe the one day extra of prep before the Monday night game against the Bengals at Heinz Field. I don't know. Maybe it'll be a chance for them to kind of iron out some kinks, and we'll see. It's only one more day, but you know, one more
1: day is one more day. Either I don't. The Go one ahead. thing I saw that was distressing uh you know on game film is that they're not even moving guys off the line of scrimmage on double teams in a run game. I mean, they're just not moving guys. I mean, you're they're initiating double teams. There was a play that I watched Pouncy and I watched Ramon Foster double team a guy, number 93. The guy stands up both of them Sheds the block and makes the tackle at the line of scrimmage. I mean, if you're going to double team a guy, like why double team a guy if you can't move him off the line of scrimmage? I mean, you got two, you got two guys above 300 pounds, and they could not move him off the line of scrimmage, and he beat the double team to make the tackle. This guy isn't, uh, I'm flubbing on an all-time great defensive lineman. Isn't He's not Joe Green, so right. to speak. You know, number 93 is not Joe Green um, so I mean it, it's and that's probably the most disappointing I think for me this year so far is that what I thought was the strength of their offense has not been a strength of their offense it's been as inconsistent as every other element of the offense that's the offensive line I mean the tackles were getting ragdolled I mean ragdolled Wave. I mean, Nick Bosa was killing Villanueva. I mean, it was like, wow, he is really taking Villanueva to school. Villanueva's pad level was high consistently. He was walking him back into Mason Rudolph's lap consistently. So for me, on the defensive side of football, it starts with stopping the run. They've got to stop the run, and they particularly have to do it on first down when they are presented with first down runs.
0: Yeah, but the thing is, though, is that so far, I believe I saw a statistic from Pro Football Focus that stated that Andy Dalton averages the most attempts out of any quarterback so far through three weeks. I think he's averaging over 40 attempts a game. They're not a running team right now.
1: They're going to run against the Steelers.
0: Well, I, I understand that. I, I, but I, if, if they stick with their trend, then that might actually work in the Steelers' favor if they what decide to come you, what out What
1: you front. see on film, I'm going to guarantee you, they are going to run on the Steelers. They are going to attempt to run on the Steelers because they have a physical freak as a running back, and they are going to try to lean on the Steelers and run the football. The Steelers have not shown in the last two weeks that they can stop the run whatsoever. I
0: I you know, you asked me before we went on the air earlier today, you know, we're we gonna have someone from the Bengals site on. Man, right now I just I feel like the Steelers, it's just they gotta fix themselves. I don't, right. I don't. I don't really think it's a situation where they had. They oh, we got to scheme well for this guy, or you know, this that or the other. They they have to get their assignments right. They have to communicate better, offensively. They have to figure out a game plan that's going to make sense for everyone involved. Roosevelt Knicks is not coming back for this game. Uh, he's still ruled out already uh, with his knee injury. So. You're not going to have a power running game to lean on necessarily if you're thinking that's what you're going to what you want to see. A lot of people in the live chat have said, let's go ahead and we need to get a fullback in there. Dan Kreider's not walking through that door with Jerome Bettis behind him. OK, just so you know, um, it was fun when it when it was here, but it's just not the way that they run the offense anymore. So they got They have to figure something out. They have to find a, um, a modified playbook, if you want to say, call it that to get Mason Rudolph comfortable. And I just think it's, it's one of those situations where to me, it's, it's, it's just about the Steelers. I, I don't think it's about the Bengals. It's just about the Steelers. They got to just go out and just take care of your own business
1: and do your own job. I think you're right. I mean, I, I think you're right. They There, there is a lot to correct. And, and I think one of the, and I think as I look at this defense on the defensive side of ball, You know, I think, um, you know, I think Barron, I think Barron had a really bad game. Uh, I I rarely try to question Guy's effort, uh, but his effort looked really strange on film on some plays where he gave up on some, looked like he gave up on some plays and he was really not running. The inside linebackers looked a little bit confused. The rookie had 11 tackles, all that stuff, but he was out of position on a lot of plays. He looks confused. The combination of Barron and Bush look confused. I think what the Steelers thought they were getting in terms of a guy that can cover, and I thought so as well. um, I have not seen that yet on film. They look confused and I'm surprised that I'm going to say this, but I think they need Vidi Vidi Vici back. I think they need a stabilizer. I think they need Vince Williams back as a stabilizer in the middle of that defense. Sure, he can get picked on on coverage, but I think he'll bring a physicality in the run game in terms of their run defense that they're lacking. And I think he's a guy that knows what he's supposed to do. There are still too many breakdowns on this defense, in my opinion, that need to get corrected and need to get fixed. Uh, But yes, I don't think it's anything about the Bengals. I think it's about uh, you know what they have to do and how they have to correct uh, and, and how they have to get better and get on page. I think the Bengals will present a formidable challenge because division division guys do. They know you very well. And when you've got William Jackson III and Draker Patrick as your cornerbacks against this wide receiver crew, it's going to be tough. Think about uh, the last game of the year last year with no A-B and how tough it was and how tough that win was for the Steelers. Uh, so I expect it to be a very tough ball game. But I, I do expect that the Bengals are going to run the football and minimize the opportunities that Andy Dalton has to turn over the football. I think you're going to see a steady diet of Joe Mixon in play action. I would run Joe Mixon at least 20 to 25 times in this game.
0: For me, I look at uh, – you brought up Vince Williams. and I, I look at Vince Williams and you know, everyone says, well, he's not good in coverage. Devin Bush hasn't been good in coverage. And, and so, neither is Barron. So. so if all three of them are struggling in coverage, you might as well put a guy out there that's good at stopping the run. That's Vince Williams Forte. He's a downhill he's a downhill defender. He's a thumper. He's that Larry Foot type. You just wish that you had a James Ferrier type to go alongside him. I do think Devin Bush is going to be okay. I I I I saw someone the other day that was saying how Devin Bush is disappointing and all that he's a rookie and the game is going to have to slow down for him. And it happens at a different time for everyone. It took Shazier time. It's taken a lot of players time. I think that he's, I mean, he at least has a knack to finding the football. He leads the NFL in fumble recovery so far in three weeks, but ultimately he just has to get it. He's thinking too much. You can see it on film. He's, Worried about the run. Next thing he gets beat in the pass, or he's worried about the pass, and it's just a bunch of different stuff. But because
1: yeah, I showed you some pictures today, where mm-hmm. you know there, there was that play where he was supposed to cover the tight end in the slot, and he just doesn't do it, and he gets the tight end just runs around him, and that's a play that he would make a thousand times at Michigan. Like if he were at Michigan in Michigan's defense, there would be no way that he would have let that tight end release and just catch the ball over the middle of the field and look just completely lost. I mean, he was so lost, he had his back completely turned to the guy was looking to find him. I mean, he just couldn't find him. So he's learning. Uh, but, yeah, you know, there there's a lot that needs to be corrected and a lot that needs to be fixed. That's why I don't want to hear any divisional playoff talk or any of that.
0: Uh-oh, yeah, this is it, don't get Dave Schofield all fired up. He read an article about that.
1: Yeah, th- you know, this is a team that needs to be focused on trying to just get a dub because man, it's going to be difficult for them to get a dub right now.
0: The we need them to get a win because we can't rely on them making trades every week to get <laughs> to keep people hey listening hey to Jeff, our shows. Hey Jeff, <laughs> hey Jeff,
1: why don't you uh highlight Bolly B's comment?
0: This one? Do you see? Yes. <laughs> yes. It's yes. been a it's been a busy, busy week for me. And I get up early and I head to the gym. Lance is he's getting ready to eat dinner probably. And uh I'm getting ready to go to bed. There's <laughs> the difference between <laughs> California. No, no, I've, and I've,
1: yeah, man. I've had a long day myself that I do not want to share. Uh I yeah, it was a really long day. Uh, so, not, the, uh, yeah. not the most fun.
0: <laughs> we are not podcasters in our full-time jobs. We'll put it that way. And I'm chasing... I, I'm dealing with kids all day. I come home and have five to deal with some more. So, <laughs> bear with Actually, us. If you
1: guys couldn't tell, Jeff has a light switch to his right, and I have nothing in the background. So, you know, this was our 24-hour-a-day, 24-7 job. We'd have fancy oh, yeah. backgrounds in the back, but... You know, you see the starkness in the back and the gray and the... So this is not coordinated in terms of colors, games, or any of that stuff.
0: I'm sitting in my dining room doing this. <laughs> All right, so not enough about, uh, you know, us in our personal lives. Let's talk about the game in terms of predictions. Lance, I'm curious because I can never... This year, I haven't been able to get a bead on what your thoughts are on this team. There are times where I'm like, oh, he's definitely picking against the Steelers this week. And then you pick the Steelers. So what are your thoughts for this Monday night game in week four?
1: Well, actually, Jeff,
0: I've picked two of the
1: three games. Correct. You're 0 for three. Yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> because, uh, I don't think the Steelers are going to win on Monday night. And I, mean, I know you I'm do going or to, don't? I, I do not think they're going to win. Um, This is not a very good football team at the moment. And and part of the reason why I'm doing the different sheet is some of these are elements that define what a good team is. I mean, they're running deficits, obviously, in points, third down percentage conversions, red zone, red zone attempts, snap count, average snap count, first downs, offensive yards. We even talk about yards per attempt, 5.9 compared to 9.1. Quarterback rating, 76.1 to 113.6. The Steelers right now, on both sides of the ball, are a get-right team. You can get right against the offense. You can get right against the defense. Uh, they're going up against an athletic front. Uh, you're going up against uh, Ross, Boyd, Mixon. You're going up against a better quarterback. The Bengals are 0-3, but they're be- they playing better than the Steelers the Steelers are not playing really well. Um, I know it's hard to differentiate between that, but the Bengals, from what I've seen on film, are the much better team. Much more sound on both sides of the ball. And I think that the Bengals are going to go into Heinz Field on Monday night and win that game. And I think they're going to win the game comfortably. Added on top of that, because of the familiarity between uh, the Bengals and the Steelers' offense and what the Steelers want to do because of – them playing all the time, I really think it's a difficult spot for the Steelers. I think the Steelers are going to drop to 0-4, and, and I think the Cincinnati Bengals will beat the Steelers 28-20. to 20.
0: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, um, you have watched enough film. And I know that you've broken it down because you send me videos and you send me screenshots and your circle circling <laughs> stuff. You're like John Madden on a cell phone screen. <laughs> I'm just waiting for the audio. Bam, bam, bam. He's got to right here. Here's the thing. I still feel like the Steelers have talent. And I still feel like the Steelers are a team that is just waiting to turn the corner. They've played bad these first three weeks. There's no doubting that there's no debating that there's no talking about anything other than that. Um, I think that it's one of those situations where you can say that Ben was hurt in the first game and a half. You could say that Mason Rudolph needed, still needs some time. I like the fact that the Steelers are at home. I like that this game is in prime time. The Bengals record in prime time is awful. Um, and so I guess for me, I just think that this, this Steelers team and even as bad as they've played, and I know that's what you're go you're basing your stuff on Lance and that's, I totally understand it. Um, I just don't think they're that, they're that bad of a team. I think that it's going to be a close game. If think if there's fans out there that think that it's going to be a blowout and the Steelers are just going to run away with it, I would be stunned if that happened. I'm not saying it's impossible, but I would be stunned. I'm going to say that the Steelers win. But it's going to be close, and I'm going to say Steelers 24, the Bengals 20. And the defense has to get a stop in the final possession. So if Andy Dalton has the ball with a chance to score a touchdown and win it, I think that the Steelers win. Uh, and I think that Mason Rudolph ultimately in the offense looks better. They look more complete. They're actually able to string together some, some first downs and, and move the ball. And hopefully the defense is, you know, Starting to kind of come together as well. I w- answer this: yes or no? Is this is this a must-win game for the Steelers' 2019 season? I know you. I know earlier you said I don't want to hear any talk about the division or playoffs. But if if they have
1: any shot, they can't lose this game. Uh no, it's not a must-win game because I don't think they're making a playoffs anyway.
0: But so. the, yeah, take that out of it. You know what I'm, you know what I'm saying.
1: <laughs> yes, 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 yes. If, I, if yeah. I'm of the mindset that I think they're going to still make the playoffs and all that good stuff, yes, it's definitely a must win. Like Brandon Reese said, 100,000% they've got to win because you've got to start winning your division games. I mean, at the end of the day, if you win all your division games and have the best record in the division, you'll go to the playoffs. Not like some people think. You can go 6-0 and in the division. And still not make the playoffs because you can go six and ten, uh, but yes, they need to win home division games. These are extremely important. A lot of steps before they get there. Uh, this just, just go ahead. It's just right now they're not a good football team. So I that's why I'm picking the Bengals, and it's really hard to pick between two zero and three teams. Like which bad team is worse? I mean that's what we're talking about here. And I think the, the you know the bad team that's worse is the Steelers in this case.
0: Well, you said the Bengals are, are playing good football this year. Is that also referring to the forty-one to seventeen loss to now the Steelers?
1: Now that was a <laughs> well, Now that was a But they gave now, up now. like
0: two hundred yards, two hundred yards yeah. rushing. <laughs>
1: No, no, that was a thumping. They played well last week at Buffalo. I don't think Um, Buffalo is that good. Buffalo's really good defensively. Uh, Really good defensively. Uh, And and it's funny, like, it's funny when you watch other teams, because there are certain teams I just don't watch, and I only get to see them if they play an opponent of the Steelers, and Buffalo was one of those teams. Buffalo's got a lot of defensive talent, and that quarterback is an athletic freak. I mean, Josh Allen is an absolute freak athletically. I was surprised; I didn't know much about him when I watched him on film. I was like, "Good lord, dude! Like he's six, 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 seven doing this stuff. Like he's ridiculous."
0: Yeah, we we fall into the same trap that frustrates me when I listen to other sports talk radio, and that is we fall into the trap of we've seen three weeks of football and we're ready to make these knee jerk reactions that the Buffalo Bills defense is really good and the Baltimore Ravens are unstoppable and the new England Patriots just give them another Lombardi trophy right now. What? What? No. Okay. The Baltimore Ravens basically beat a powder puff team and a JV high school team. And then they go to Kansas city. And in my opinion, I watched almost all of that game and the Ravens, the final score was not indicative of how bad the Ravens looked in that game. They look
1: bad in spots, though. But, but yeah, they they scrapped at
0: that game, though. I'm not saying they didn't scrap. I'm not saying they didn't scrap. But we're we're, they've only played three games, man.
1: We they've only played three games. Teams
0: can change. Things can change. It can change for Pittsburgh. It can change for Buffalo. It can change for New England. It can change for every one of the thirty two teams in the National Football League. That absolutely, there's no. You can try to draw the connect all the dots in the world, but man,
1: it's still so early. Hey Jeff, bring up the uh Jeff Sports Blitz comment if you can. The
0: Baltimore Ravens one?
1: No, no, Jeff Sports Blitz.
0: Well, yeah, he has Baltimore Ravens or garbage. I like that one.
1: No, the other one. Lance thinks he's a sports expert.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, let me find it. There we go. I love that's a, that's a the <laughs> that's definitely for the. Okay.
1: You got to spell that right though. <laughs> yeah, well, he's yeah. You gotta you gotta spell that right though. But good <laughs> comment though, because I agree with you. Only if you spell expert correct.
0: There you go. Well, so that's the thing that I keep on coming back to is, is trust me, it's been bad. But it's like I talked to my father, who's the, he's the one that raised me and my brother in a black and gold household, not just for the Steelers, but for the Pirates and the Penguins too, and. I was talking to him and he goes, hey, well, you, you have to watch the games is what he said. And I said, yeah, but every Steeler fan, even regardless of win or loss, should be really excited about watching these these guys play. And he said, well, what do you mean? And I said, dad, look how young they are. This is the future of the team. Whether Mason Rudolph's the future quarterback, this isn't the only position on the football team. And you got guys like Deontay Johnson, Juju Smith Schuster, still young James Washington on the defense Edmonds. Now Mika Fitzpatrick, You've got uh, Javon Hargrave. You've got the rookie Devin Bush. I mean, there's so many interesting aspects of this team. It might not be polished, it might not be perfect, but I, I think this team has a lot of young, budding potential. So, there here's you go. Here's the
1: thing, Jeff. Here's the thing. I, If I pick the Steelers to lose, it's just my objective opinion. I understand I'm not, that. I'm, I'm not, not. You know, I'm no, no, no. This is more so for the people in the live chat. You know, you know, I'm yeah. going to pick who I think is going to win. Um, so do I. I just always it's, think it's the Steelers. <laughs> ironically, um, it's it's. I'm still encouraged by the season. I mean, I'm just. I I've just been able to take a step back and look at the season for what it is. I think it's a rebuild. I think I was because of Ben Roethlisberger's presence. I thought it was more than that because he's such a great player. He's seven. He's eventual Hall of Famer. All that good stuff and the power of quarterbacks that quarterbacks can turn sh into shinola that sometimes quarterbacks can shine up the deficiencies on your team and you don't really realize them until the quarterback is out and you're like wow he was covering up for a lot of stuff and i think ben to a large part was covering up for a lot of deficiencies on his football team once he's gone they come to light and then you can take an objective look at your team and go wow like you said jeff They're really young on both sides of the ball. I mean, you've got two young safeties. I mean, Nelson is young. Watt is young. I mean, you look on the offensive side of football, all the wide receivers are young. I mean, the running backs are young. Like, all of those guys are third year or less. This is a very young football team. And I'm sure somebody knows off the top of their head. I mean, how many of their starters have played five years or less? On both sides, total. Oh, yeah, total. Both sides of the ball. The twenty-two starters was sixteen.
0: You said five seasons.
1: Said? five, five seasons or less. I, I say what well. we want to. Do, do we need to go through and count them? No, no. I'm just thinking no, over I was say hey, I could. We could. No, no. Do no, no that. I'm thinking. Okay. I mean, I'm thinking like over half. Yeah, easily. Yeah, that's easily. a young defense. Then you throw Hilton in and Sutton in and sub package football. You add more young guys. They're a very young team, Yeah, and so. What I think they need is they need both of their more veteran units. You throw Hargrave in there, you need Tuit. You need Hayward. You need that offensive line where they've sunk a ton of money in. You need those units to ball out. And we've seen glimpses of that with Tuit when he doesn't have to play 25 more snaps. And he's playing 70 snaps a game, 73, 74, 75 snaps a game. I mean, you just can't can't make defenses play a game and a half every game of snaps and and expect it to look good. So there is some light at the tunnel, but it is what it is, in my opinion. It's a rebuild. And sometimes rebuilds are painful. That's why I ask, are Steeler fans up to the task of watching what a rebuild could possibly look like? I hope they are because if they are, they listen to us.
0: Well, we got grilled grilled in the comments on YouTube um, after our post game show where we both said, you know, that this is probably what a rebuild is going to look like and it's going to be squeamish at times and you got to put your you know, you got to put your fan hood aside for a little bit and look at it objectively like, like you just said and, I mean, they're like, oh, my gosh, Reba, blah, 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 blah. Look, no one said you can't win during a rebuild. I don't think any of us are suggesting they're going to go 0-16. I'm not. Lance. Me either.
1: I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, no,
0: nah, I think this team can still win a lot of football games. But without Ben Roethlisberger quarterback, you're getting a look at what the, the next
1: phase could possibly be. If they go 0-16, it's talking heads burning down the house. I mean, you know, that's what it has to be. But I don't think they go zero sixteen. No, I mean, nobody. Nobody that. is saying that. You know, two and fourteen. But nobody's saying zero and sixteen.
0: Yeah, I don't know.
1: You see, so, I slipped that in. You see, I, I slipped see it.
0: In. Yeah, I got you. I got you. I got you. So, all right, Lance, is there anything else you want to say to Steel Nation before we call the show?
1: I hope I'm wrong, and they get their first win on Monday night. Let's just say that.
0: Yeah. It's it's definitely interesting, and a lot of people were giving you crap during your little um, monologue <laughs> there about how you know you did the whole. Yeah, I said it, Mason Rudolph. I hope he plays Ben in early retirement. I, I still do. Yeah, and and people are saying that he predicted it was going to happen. He said, "I hope it happens." Like that's a really big word you're leaving out there in terms of. Hey, I Steve O'Neill,
1: if I play O line Monday night, I'm a guarantee. My back will hit the turf. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it would be it'd be like uh, IHOP, the international house <laughs> of pancakes. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, yes. And I agree with Nate. You know, Ben is good, but Ben has was surrounded by superstar talent. I mean, I don't know this. Everybody wasn't a superstar, but Ben had great talent. But you need talent to win, so there's no issue with that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you don't want me on the line. I'm telling you, I'm getting out the way. Mason, better duck.
0: This team does have talent on both sides of the football, and sometimes it's just going to take them time to find it. Think back to Mr. Third and Fifth. He didn't contribute until an offense until probably year two or three. Uh, Think about Mr. Butt Naked and Robbed. His rookie year, he did not contribute what he did in years two and on. 2013 he was hampered by a foot injury at a camp he didn't play that much i'm saying that it takes some time so guys are saying like deontay johnson if deontay johnson catches five touchdown passes and has 600 yards receiving as a rookie i'm thinking that's a heck of a season for the young man because coming out of toledo no one thought that he'd be able to do that in the nfl so you know here we go Uh, before we Call it a show. Sean asks, he puts two dollars in the tip jar. Is Todd Haley better than Randy
1: Feetner? No. And here's why I say that. And people are killing Randy Feetner, but the Steelers were outstanding in the red zone last year. I think they were number one by I think they're I think they were number one in the red zone last year. And that's coordination. That's coordination. That's coordinating an offense efficiently. When you can get in the red zone and score and be the best red zone offense in the National Football League, that means he is a good coordinator. So I think Feetner was better, uh, but I do. But you know, I I think the bigger thing is I think Haley and Featner were better than uh, Bruce Arians because had Bruce Arians stayed the coordinator of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger would be out of the league by now. He, He there is no way if Bruce Arians was still coordinator that Ben would have played like Ben's career would have been over at least three years prior because he was getting sacked 50 to 55 times a year and getting hit probably another 90 to a hundred times. He would not have survived. So I think both guys are better than Arians. And I think Featner is better than Haley because of just how well they played in the red zone last year.
0: I think what you saw in week three was a coordinator who had built his entire system around one guy. And then that one guy is gone, and he's like, what do I do now? Maybe we could have the other guy just be that guy.
1: And, and that's I'm, not a bad thing, Jeff. No, no. that's not a bad thing either.
0: And, but he found out that he can't. Yes. So that's why I expect a different approach
1: in week four. I mean, that's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing at all, Jeff. And, and fans need to understand that. If you've got a potential Hall of Fame quarterback, you build your offense around his strengths, period. That's what you do. That is logical. Not building an offense around his strength would be dumb. So it is not surprising that when he is out, the offense looks like it's still tailored for the guy that you built it for. They have to get comfortable with one another when the bullets are flying, and they have to do some different things schematically and offensively for Mason Rudolph.
0: You're right, and it's one of those situations where I think, or let me just say I hope, that it looks – different in week four, that the Steelers are going to come out and it's going to look – I'm not saying it's going to be successful, but I hope that
1: it comes out and they
0: look a little bit different. So
1: We're laughing. I'm laughing at Dry Fly's comment. Dry Fly. I'm going to give you the secret, Dry Fly. Don't be offended. Dry Fly said, how do you guys stay focused on your conversation with all these comments? We don't pay attention to most of the comments. Sorry. No, no, you're right. That's the secret. Sorry, uh, there, are times,
0: blah, blah, blah. <laughs> there are times when I'm looking at the comments and just maybe from having children or my day job, you can multitask. I got Lance in my ears. I'm reading through this stuff and I absolutely look like, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm keeping track of everything. Like I see that Steve O'Neill says that I look like Heath Miller's cousin. I don't know who Heath Miller's cousin is, but I guess I look like him. Hassan puts $5 in the tip jar and says, do you think when Perfect hit Antonio Brown in the Bengals game, it gave Brown some brain issues well he had a concussion that kept him out for at least one game so he definitely did have some brain issues whether those are long-term issues I don't know because I'm not
1: did he get hit before or after he wrote his name on a Rolls-Royce
0: hmm
1: well whenever he wrote his name on a Rolls-Royce that's when he had brain issues
0: I'm trying to think I think the Rolls-Royce was before that
1: yeah, when he autographed a Rolls Royce, I was like, this guy. I mean, I remember our show, and I classically said, you know, that's a me guy. Like, why would you write your name with a Rolls Royce? I felt like I was so prophetic when I saw because once I saw that, I was like, Oh, this guy's a problem.
0: Why would you throw furniture off a uh, balcony? Why would you do half the things that he's done? Why would you I, go I why would you go into a cryo, a cryo chamber without the proper footwear?
1: You know, I don't want to diagnose anybody of having any type no, of issue. No, I am not um, doing that. Yeah, so but I'm just want, no, no, not not in terms of mental stuff and any of that, any, any mental health issues. I'm just wondering. You know, and I always wonder how much are these guys dealing with CTE while they're playing? I mean, because it's not like it it can necessarily just creep up on you after your playing career. I mean, you're getting hit actively, you know, over yeah. the course of your entire career. So I'm just wondering, you know, how many, how much you know, just having these issues and getting hit in your head over and over again and having concussions like, are you in that process of CTE starting to affect you while you're playing? He's done some very curious things. Uh, and like you said, throwing furniture off a balcony. Um, and but with all that said, the Patriots are probably going to have to pay him.
0: Well, there's going to be a grievance for sure. Yeah. His Twitter tirade going after Mr. Rub Tug is, was not a good move if you want that
1: money. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that just pisses you off. But, you know you, yeah. know, you can't just violate the, you know, on the Patriot side, they can't just say, nah, we're not. We're going to violate the terms of the contract. We ain't going to pay him because we're mad. No, if right. the arbitrator rules that he gets paid. You better cut the check. We got to do it. So.
0: All right, guys. So here's the day. Here's the issue. We have uh, an extra day coming up because it's a Monday night football game. So things are going to be a little bit different. So tomorrow night, Thursday night, is the Steelers preview, which is going to be st- status quo. Friday night will be Lance, as yeah, I said it. Saturday night will be Lance with the Steelers burning question. Saturday Sun- afternoon. Sure, whatever. Sunday, <laughs> I will be doing probably a. A Q&A show, not long, 30 minutes or so, just to give you all a chance to ask questions, stuff like that. And then the game will be Monday, and Lance and I will be on after the show on Monday. And the following week, I think we're going to have to double up shows on one night. I want to say that the Steelers hangover is going to be early, then Dave's show will be later, so you'll get two shows in one day. There you go. Mark Davison asked something that Lance has wanted to do for a while. He says, You guys ever podcast live games? Lance has wanted to do a
1: live stream.
0: But during, now that I
1: think about it, I think we would suck.
0: Well, there's there's actually people out there that are doing fourth quarters where they're yeah. essentially there's here's here's what would be tough. What if my TV's a little bit ahead of Lance's? That's it.
1: <laughs> you that, know. It. Oh, like, oh, oh. Man, like, oh <laughs> man, don't spoil it. Like, yeah, that happens. Cuz especially cuz the East Coast feed is faster than the West Coast feed.
0: And honestly, I, I, you guys would see me sitting at my computer typing. Like that's what I do during games. I have to write the recap, I have to get everything ready for the for the website. People forget that my job as an editor is for before podcaster. So, um maybe we will one one of these days. Chef,
1: uh, I think Brian and Dave would be better.
0: Oh my gosh, they'd probably just argue with each other the
1: entire time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that'd be funny. Or Dave <laughs> wouldn't, or Dave would hedge his comments the whole <laughs> fourth quarter. Well, I think it was a bad play. I
0: think. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So there's that's what's coming up. Make sure you check out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com for all your Pittsburgh Steelers' needs. We had Some really good film rooms today go up. And so they're still on the main page. One was about Nick Verrett. If you want to know what the Steelers got in this trade, there's an entire article breaking that down from blocking, pass catching, stuff like that. Lance, why don't you go ahead and send us out?
1: Tune in, tell a friend, and subscribe.
0: Absolutely couldn't agree more. We will see you on Monday night for another episode of the Steelers post game. We'll see you then, hopefully, after a Pittsburgh Steelers win.